another struggle, another obstacle, another problem. Ain't no telling where I'm about to go. Ain't no telling what I'm about to do. But I don't need you telling me what I need to do or who I need to be. Just let me be free. Confucius say, he who wear mask alone in car, also wear condom alone in bed. Good morning, jesters. Good morning, jestats. Good morning, fellow jesterians. What a great day to be alive, man. Absolutely. Life's going well enough. We're getting through. We're getting by. We're getting through the shit. Oh, man. Fucking women, man. Ah, <laughs> uh, What are you going to do? I got pe I got family that helped me. And I'm accused of having a plan. It, you know what? Again. It's, it's not your concern. It's just bullshit. <laughs> let's, uh, let's dive into our conversation with Dr. Carl Hart, shall we? Drug use for grown-ups. Chasing liberty in the land of fear. Mm, excuse me. However, psychonauts, drug elitists who use psychedelics to explore altered states of consciousness, can't readily discard phenocyclidine, a.k.a. PCP, or angel dust, because it has long been established in, as a psychedelic. You should also know, by the way, that the term psychonaut in itself is another attempt to dis disassociate middle-class psychedelic users from users of drugs such as crack and heroin, who are disapprovingly called crackheads or dope fiends. In the 1950s, Park, Davis and Company sought to develop PCP as an intravenous anesthetic. It was shown to be both safe and effective in patients, but the medication also produced in some people lingering depersonalization, a feeling of observing oneself from outside one's body. This effect prompted concern and a more careful study of the full range of behavioral, neurological, and physiological effects produced by the drug. In one of the early studies, a large group of psychiatric residents and medical students were administered PCP intravenously at a dose level of 1 milligram per kilogram, which is similar to doses used medically and recreationally. Consistent findings were distortions of body image and, again, depersonalization. Several research participants reported experiencing pleasurable effects such as having dreamlike reveries, some displayed disorganized thinking. Not one became violent. Similar results have been re replicated in multiple studies. We now know that PCP produces many of its effects by selectively blocking a subtype of glutamate receptors called the N-methyl-D-aspartate, NMDA, receptor. Glutamate, like dopamine and serotonin, is one of the brain's many neurotransmitters. PCP is a selective NMDA receptor, antagonist, or blocker. Ketamine, developed by altering PCP, for instance, oh wait, wait a minute, for instance, 
Ketamine's effects don't last as long as those of PCP, which decrease the likelihood of unwanted side effects. Perhaps this is one of the reasons that ketamine has essentially supplanted PCP in medicine. Indeed, some of the most exciting recent findings from psychiatric research have been obtained using ketamine. In the treatment of depression, its therapeutic effects are observed within 24 hours, which is markedly faster than the 7 or 14 days it usually takes before the onset of beneficial results produced by traditional antidepressants and medications like acetylopram, floxetine, and venlafaxine. Another factor that has practically eliminated the use of PCP in medicine has to do with the claims that illicit use of the drug produces extraordinarily violent extraordinary violence in users. At some point in the 1970s, multiple media reports emerged making this an allegation. Police narrative police narratives further cemented and supposed the supposed connection between PCP and violence. Perhaps you've heard the story that describes a PCP user who became uncontrollably violent developed superhuman strength, and was impervious to pain after taking the drug. He had to be shot at least 28 times in order for the police to restrain him, or so the story goes. Anyway, sound familiar? Remember the superhuman Negro cocaine fiend? Yeah, cocaine makes uh, black men impervious to bullets less than a thirty-eight caliber. The fact is that there is no evidence the events in this story ever happened. It's an urban legend, but that doesn't seem to matter because the story continues to live on and is retold repeatedly. This legend and others have contributed to the misconception that the tremendous force is required when apprehending a suspect, a suspected PCP user. In 1988, my late friend Dr. John Morgan and his colleagues were suspicious of unsubstantiated claims regarding PCP-induced violence. So they reviewed the clinical literature on the topic and published their findings in the peer-reviewed scientific journal. After carefully assessing nearly 100 cases in which PCP was said to have caused people to engage in violent acts, the researchers found no connection between PCP and violence. They concluded that popular assumptions claiming PCP uniquely causes violence among its users are simply not warranted. With solid scientific evidence, you might think the myth of the violent PCP user would eventually die. But that's not how drug myths work. They don't die. They get revitalized with each successive generation. The Rodney King incident is a case in point. In March 1991, four Los Angeles police officers, all white, were caught on camera savagely beating King, who was black, after they had stopped him for a traffic violation. The police beat King so badly that he sustained multiple serious injuries, including skull fractures, broken bones, and teeth and permanent brain damage. 
During the trial, police said that they used such great force because they thought King was dusted, under the influence of PCP. He wasn't. His toxicology report revealed that he had only consumed alcohol. Despite all of this, the four officers were acquitted on April 29, 1992. Los Angeles erupted in protest and civil disobedience that lasted five days. A year later, two of the officers, Stacy Kuhn and Lawrence Powell, were convicted in federal court of violating King's civil rights and sentenced to two and a half years in prison. The events reignited the same national conversation about racism and police brutality that we have had for more than 50 years. Yet, as usual, the discourse was devoid of any interrogation of the mythical PCP-induced violent criminal as a credible police defense for the use of excessive force. In many black communities, this omission reverberates even today. PCP found in body of teens shot 16 times by Chicago Cop. That was the headline of an article published in the Chicago Tribune on April 15, 2015. My heart sank from merely reading this title. Even though I had grown accustomed to police claiming that deadly force was necessary because the victim had PCP in his body, it only got worse as I read the entire article. A A knife-wielding teen had PCP in his system. It can cause its user to become aggressive and combative. Here we go again. I remembered having read in passing about the killing of 17-year-old Laquan McDonald, who was black, by a Chicago cop back in October 2014. The officer's identity was withheld from the public for several months, but at the same but at the scene of the shooting, Pat Camden, police union spokesman, quickly took control of the narrative. He told the media that McDonald walked up to a car and stabbed the tire of the car and kept walking. When officers ordered McDonald to drop the knife, according to Camden, rather than complying, the teen supposedly lunged at police, prompting one officer to fire his gun. Reporting reporting for the Chicago Tribune, Quinn Ford wrote, McDonald was shot in the chest and pronounced dead shortly after. The implication was that the officer had fired only one shot while defending himself and the other police. The story seemed familiar and a matter of fact. True to form, it was peddled to the public as the official version of the events that transpired on the night of October 20th, 2014, when young McDonald was shot dead. It turns out the police lied. Go figure! Who would have thunk that would happen? If you like the show and want to support us directly, check us out on Venmo at the underscore jester. Peace. It turns out the police lied and the media did a piss poor job of journalism. The public might not have known this and other crucial details if it were not for the exceptional investigative reporting of Jamie Calvin. Calvin obtained a copy of McDonald's autopsy report through the Freedom of Information Act request. And on February 10, 2015, more than three months after the killing, he published an article in Slate. It detailed what Calvin had learned, including multiple pieces of information that impeached 
or at least seriously called into question, the story told by the police and the mainstream media. Chief among them were that MacDonald had been shot 16 times, not once, as had been implied, and that the shooting was captured on a dashboard camera in one of the squad cars. Calvin called for the police to release the video. City officials, including Mayor Rahm Emanuel and police top brass, refused to make the video available to the public. They did, however, in collaboration with the media, employ the <clears throat> excuse me, employ the same tired script that had worked so well in previous incidents involving police misconduct. Drag McDonald's reputation through the mud and blame a drug for his alleged destructive behavior. Thus, Findings from his toxicology report were released. PCP was found in his system. Or so it was widely reported. Unsurprisingly, these accounts emphasize that the drug could make the users aggressive and violent. Not one of the reports mentioned that false positive toxicology screens for PCP are common for several prescription and over-the-counter drugs, including tramadol. Venlafaxine, Alprozolam, Clonazepam, Carvedilol, Dextromethorphan, and Diphenhydramine. <laughs> Not one mentioned scientific evidence indicating that the link between PCP and violence was not justified. But then, on November 24, 2015, 13 months after the incident, a judge ordered city officials to release the dashcam video of the shooting. Its contents were horrifying and utterly contradicted the police account. McDonald was walking away from the police when Officer Jason Van Dyke, who was white, quickly moved towards the teen, opening fire while standing only about 15 feet away. Van Dyke, in an act of what might be best described as depraved indifference for black life, pumped 16 bullets into the adolescent's body, several as McDonald lay defenseless, defenseless on the pavement. Van Dyke was put on paid desk duty from October 21, 2014, until the day the video was released to the public. Just hours before its release, Anita Alvarez, Cook County prosecutor, finally charged Van Dyke with first-degree murder, as he should have been. Clearly, her decision was influenced by mounting public pressure. She had viewed the video more than a year earlier without taking action against Van Dyke. Predictably, Van Dyke's defense drew heavily on the PCP-crazed black man myth. One expert witness for the defense, James Thomas O'Donnell, claimed that PCP could cause violent rage behavior, and could make a person feel as if he has superhuman powers. Van Dyke told the court that McDonald's face had no expression. His eyes were just bugging out of his head. As a result, he shot McDonald because he feared for his life. The jury didn't buy it. They convicted Van Dyke of a second-degree murder and 16 counts of aggravated battery with a firearm, one for each bullet he fired. Good, that fucker deserves it. According to Illinois statutes, Van Dyke faced a prison sentence of 4 to 20 years for the murder conviction alone. In addition, each aggravated battery count carried a minimum of 6 years. 
behind bars. In short, Van Dyke should have received a prison sentence of at least 100 years. But Judge Vincent Gaughan discounted each of the aggravated battery convictions and sentenced him to only six years and nine months in prison. Van Dyke is eligible for parole after, survive, after serving about three years behind bars. This doesn't seem like justice. It's demoralizing and disgraceful. You're goddamn right it is. It's hard for me to understand that a person, any person, could shoot another non-threatening human 16 times in cold blood. The fact that Chicago officials shielded Van Dyke from the consequences of his crime for more than a year still fills my heart with anguish. There is no way those in charge could have viewed McDonald as a human, as deserving of human treatment, as were they themselves and their loved ones. I think James Calvin hit it on the head when he wrote, Laquan McDonald, a citizen of Chicago, so marginalized he was all but invisible until the moment of his death. Oh, that's sad. There were so many other people who worked tirelessly to ensure that Laquan McDonald was finally seen. For one, William Calloway filled the Freedom of Information Act request that forced the city to produce the dashcam video for public viewing. He made it possible for all of us not only to see Laquan McDonald, but also to see the chilling disregard for black boy, for the black boy's life displayed by some public authorities. That's fucking disgusting, man. Humans are humans. Why the fuck would you even... Stupidity. Lack of education. That's, that's the only goddamn reason that I can think of why... It's, it's just... It's, it's gross. Oh, let's leave it off there. Let's leave it off there. And then we will get into the UFC. Let's see what kind of uh, bullshizer these mother truckers are trying to sell us today. Hey, go to uh, anchor.fm forward slash SWTJ, Sessions with the Gesture, SWTJ, and leave a message. That's anchor.fm forward slash SWTJ. Leave a message. Tell me what you think about uh, my views. That would be some good shit. Word. <laughs> Russia has sent troops into eastern Ukraine. Is this an act of war or the continuation no, of the you same see? conflict that's been happening there for the past eight years? Well, that's you see, as uh, see that they're they're misconstruing this shit. He sends troops to the the separatist areas of Ukraine that are already pretty much Russian controlled. So don't let them try to fool you, man. This is that's what they do. They twist the their US fucking words. The U.S. is trying words. to decide in order to figure out how to respond. The Biden administration already announced that Americans can't do business in the separatist regions of Ukraine that Putin has now declared independent. But the U.S. is holding back on a fuller set of sanctions against Putin. The U.N. Security Council held an emergency meeting last night on Ukraine, and this is what U.S. Ambassador Linda Thomas-Greenfield said. President Putin is testing our international system. He is testing our resolve and seeing just how far he can push us all. You see, that's what I've been saying from the jump. Putin is just fucking with us because he can. He isn't doing anything wrong. He's just fucking with people to get everybody stirred up. And shit. 
He's a fucking powerful man. Why the fuck not? You just, you just gotta... See, you gotta be on guard for anything, man. But you can't be overly aggressive like the fucking U.S. is. And Canada is being with their fucking people. I mean, it's, it, it, it's just gross the way this world is going. He wants to demonstrate that through force he can make a farce of the U.N. We must act together in response to this crisis. Shut so up. what <clears throat> does that look I like? I disagree. NPR's Jackie Northam is here with us this morning. Hey, Jackie. Morning, Rachel. So what can you tell us about how the U.S. and NATO allies have responded to this latest provocation by Putin? Well, the first reactions have been to launch sanctions against Russia. Um, just this morning, Prime Minister Boris Johnson from the UK told an emergency national security meeting that the UK would launch a barrage of sanctions against the country. He didn't specifically say what they were, but that Russian economic interests would be hit hard and that there were there was no place for Russian oligarchs to hide. The US is also sanctioning Russia, but it's far more limited approach, just targeting these two breakaway uh, regions of Donetsk and Luhansk. And that will prevent any Americans from doing business there or bringing any goods or technology from the region. But to be clear, these are limited sanctions by the U.S. and much different than the ones the U.S. has been promising to oppose on Russia for the past couple of weeks um, should it invade Ukraine, not just these breakaway regions. Well, you see, <clears throat> he didn't invade Ukraine. He already went to the separate the, the part that was already separated from Ukraine and wanted to go back to Russia. So he made them independent. Or he claimed that... I, I don't know how that fucking works. I'm no goddamn international uh, specialist. International policy specialist. But, again, he... He didn't invade. He, he moved. He moved some troops to people... To a part of Ukraine that already supported him. So he, he didn't do a goddamn thing wrong. Right, and so that's what the U.S. is trying to but define whether or not this and Joe Biden wants to fucking a, a, an invasion of Ukraine. Wants what to make a scene because well, he thinks he can. Like? Well, they target and try to cripple Russia's economy. So you know, sanctioning some of its biggest banks, preventing them from being part of the you know global financial market, uh, withholding any U.S. Uh, made technology to Russia, which could hamper Russia's efforts to you know modernize its military, and also threatening to stop this new natural gas pipeline from Russia to Germany from going online. And it's natural gas that helps prop up Russia's economy. So what would it take for the U.S. to decide that Russia has now crossed that line and that it's appropriate to target Putin and his close allies, those banks, as you were talking about, with these sanctions? Well, a senior administration official says it all depends on what Russia does now. So who knows, perhaps if Russia moves further into Ukraine, that could spark these serious sanctions we're talking about. And in fact, the U.S. says it is expected to announce another round of sanctions uh, today against Russia. So Putin has declared these two states as independent. He has sent forces into the Donbass and Luhansk regions. The UN had to hold an emergency security council meeting. Where is diplomacy at this point, Jackie? Well, you know, there's, there, there's the window for diplomatic resolution to this crisis is quickly closing. There's no question about that. As you mentioned, the UN Security Council. This is ridiculous. Let's, let's see if we can go over this a little bit. Putin supposedly doesn't want Ukraine to join NATO. Na Ukraine has been paying Joe Biden millions of dollars every fucking year, and or I don't for, well I don't know if it's ever I'm confused on that point. But <clears throat> they've been I know this past year they did 
because they want they want to go and join NATO. But you see, this is all just one big fucking game, and it's just it's it's fucking confusing because we don't know the truth. Nobody except Putin and fucking Biden know what's really going on. And they're both fucking, I'm sure, skewing the truth to to make themselves look good. And when, well, Biden, it's impossible. He can't look good, period. He's an old-ass man who doesn't deserve shit. But there was no action taken. Today's Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, is due to meet with his Ukrainian counterpart. And he was supposed to be meeting with Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov on Thursday. No word if that's going to happen. NPR's Jackie Northam, thank you. Thank you. Okay, so as the U.S. and NATO try to figure out how to hold Putin accountable for this latest move, Ukrainians now feel under threat in a new way. Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky is trying... You see, again, they've they've talked to fucking... I've heard the Ukrainian people. They are not worried. They know what's going on. They know that Putin's not going to fucking invade. It's fucking ridiculous, but they they keep trying to tell you that, oh, Putin's going to invade Ukraine. Oh, no, he's not going to fucking do it. It's just fucking Biden trying to get his number up, saying, look what I did. I stopped the war. It's problem, solution, uh, victory. I, 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 I forget the goddamn what it exactly is, but they created the problem, they create the solution. Boom, it's solved. That's all they're fucking doing. Trying to reassure his people, he said yesterday that Ukraine's internationally recognized borders would remain that way and that there was no reason for chaotic actions. NPR's Charles Maines is with us. He is in the southern Russian city of Rostov-on-Don near the Ukrainian border. Charles, thanks for being here. Happy to do it. So what are you hearing from Russians there? Well, you know, first of all, uh, you know, much of these events happened here late into the night. So Russians here in Rostov and elsewhere woke up this morning to the news and a new reality, you know, that the Kremlin had taken actions that could lead to war or crushing sanctions or possibly both. And we now have news that Russian tanks are in these so-called republics as part of what Russia says is its peacekeeping force. Uh, Russian state TV is showing celebrations in the separatist regions, as well as I've uh, been getting messages from Russian nationalists at home. They've long championed uh, independence ever since taking part in a Russian-backed proxy war in East Ukraine in 2014, <sighs> really part of this broader Kremlin effort to undermine Ukraine's ambitions to join NATO and the EU. But, you know, less clear, I think, is what the rest of Russia will make of this, uh, should violence in Ukraine spiral, and that certainly looks possible. Uh, two Ukrainian soldiers were killed overnight. Of course it's possible. Wounded. Anything's possible, but it's not going to fucking happen. Seizing additional territory in the Donbass. Now Putin would be Russian fucking himself backing. if he did this. Russia is he knows better. He's not an idiot like illegitimate Joe Biden. Russian territory here where I am in Rostov Oblast. This is near the border again. And all this could be used as a pretext for further... But I say that like illegitimate Joe, illegitimate Joe has has any say in what's going on. Because he doesn't. He's an old-ass, dementia-ridden man who who can't speak for shit because he's old as shit. So, thank God he's not controlling things. But who is? And what what are their plans? Their plans are to make money, and war makes money. And that that's scary. Military action, which, of course, is what the U.S. and allies have been warning about all along. I mean, just on a personal note... I made a visit to the border yesterday, and I could see tanks and military vehicles tucked in the woods to the side of the main highway. And that's just one part of this uh, large force of some 150,000 Russian troops now uh, that seems to be in an invasion force. 
Ukraine's President Zelensky is trying to reassure Ukrainians, but that is a really tough job right now, right? I mean, after Russia took Crimea in 2014, now is recognized these two Russian-backed regions of Ukraine as independent. Yeah, you know, President uh, Volodymyr Zelensky uh, gave a speech late, late last night uh, calling the Russian move a violation of Ukraine's sovereignty. He said Ukraine wanted peace but would not give anything away to anyone. Uh, he also called for a clear and effective response from the international community. Let's listen in. So here Zelensky is saying that this is the moment when Ukraine finds out who its real friends and partners are and who will continue to push back against Russia with just words alone. You know, I think it's fair to say this is really the latest example of Zelensky's frustration with Western powers who've been warning Russia. Well, yeah, because Zelensky has been paying fucking the Biden family how much money? And because he wants his own country and doesn't, he doesn't want to have to fear Russia? Well, guess what? Life isn't easy, bud. ...behind the scenes of what could happen if it attacks Ukraine, rather than openly spelling out what will happen. Charles, I want to ask you about the meeting, the speech that Putin had yesterday, because he's such a black box, right, on the international stage. Uh, it's very rare to be able to understand exactly what's happening in his mind or his decision-making process. So That's smart, man. That's wise on his part. Setting ...gives us some clues. So what did you see in, in his meetings yesterday that were put on public television, in his speech? Yeah, this was a really, really angry speech. And what struck me was that although much of it was a chauvinistic harangue about Ukraine, uh, the other part focused on what uh, Putin sees as the West taking advantage of Russia after the end of the Cold War, you know, anger over NATO expansion eastward towards Russia's borders, and about what Putin argues are Western designs to contain or even destroy Russia today. And Putin's obsessions with these topics haven't been resolved in any way by this move into the Donbass, uh, which suggests that yesterday's drama is a prelude to more brinkmanship uh, or perhaps even conflict to come. NPR's Charles Means. Thank you. Thank you. Hey there, fellow Jesterians. Let me tell you about a sponsor of ours that is now part of the Jester family. Shine On Botanicals is one of the purest CBD distillate on the market. We have tinctures, roll-ons, vapes, gummies. We also have pet tinctures. Email the promoting gesture at gmail.com. Put Shine on the subject line and list what you would like to purchase. By the end of the week, you will receive an invoice. Easy peasy. Now let's get back to the UFC. Former President Donald Trump has a new social media app. Yeah, it's called Truth Social, and it's trying to be a conservative-leaning alternative to Twitter, which banned Trump last year. So many questions. Let's put them to NPR tech reporter Bobby Allen. Hey, Bobby. Hey, Rachel. So I heard that the launch of this social media app, Truth Social, did not go to plan. <laughs> yeah, not exactly. So th there was tons of interest. The app was released Monday morning and quickly shot to the top of Apple's most downloaded list. But many people, myself included, who tried to check it out were stuck in a kind of tech doom loop. Uh, you know, there, there are these uh, email confirmations that were promised and never arrived. You'd put in a code and get an error message. This was widely reported um, across Twitter and other social media. Um, those who were able to make accounts were placed on a wait list with some hundreds of thousands of people in front of them. Bless you for doing that for the sake of journalism, Bobby. Uh, right. So just remind us the larger. So, <clears throat> so this app, 
One show rose to the top, flew to the top. So tell me, if so many people voted for Joe Biden, so many people voted for Joe Biden, why why is this this uh, app so popular? That 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 that's a good question, bud. Context here, Twitter, of course, banned Trump, but say more about his agenda with this app. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, since he was banned from uh, Twitter, Facebook and YouTube after statements he made urging supporters to storm the Capitol, you know, he has yeah, wanted he to didn't start do his that. own Twitter-esque service. There's and he's enlisted former yeah. Congressman Devin Nunes to lead the effort. Nunes recently went on Fox News to talk up Truth Social. He says all the bugs will be worked out by the end of March and that it's all about, you know, giving people their voice back and creating a social media platform that's not controlled by a big Silicon Valley company. And let me remind you, this is a really crowded space, Rachel. There's like half a dozen other conservative leading, uh, you know, social media apps trying to pull people away from the Twitters and Facebooks of the world. Right. So he has competition. Even Donald Trump has competition in that space. So does this app then with with Trump's name attached to it, does it have any kind of shot of breaking through? Certainly has a very powerful publicity machine. I mean, Trump allies like representatives Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates are talking it up. So is Fox News star Sean Hannity. It has raised hundreds of millions of dollars. So given these big names and its sizable fundraising, you know, it does have potential. But experts I talk to are pretty doubtful that it will ever come anywhere close to replacing Twitter. Here's Hunter College professor Jesse Daniels, who studies online extremism. I think part of what he has found so valuable, especially about Twitter, is that it both is relied upon by journalists as a source and it's used by a real cross-section of people politically. And so Twitter becomes a kind of target-rich environment. In other words, Truth Social might not be that, right? Twitter has some 300 million users and lots of different views, lots of viral squabbles. And if a platform is mostly like-minded people, you know, basically an echo chamber, you might not have those fights that make Twitter create so many headlines. Although it can serve to animate his base, couldn't it? That's true. It no, that that, that is very true. Um, you know, but you know, there's also only so many people interested in a non-mainstream alternative to Twitter. So it's sort of, now, uh, you know, are these people really you who can't are shut other sites? Shut the door on new shit, buddy. And I will note here, Rachel, that They're I checked trying. out the app's terms of service, and there is one thing that is prohibited on Truth Social, and that is, quote, to disparage, tarnish, or otherwise harm the backers of the site. And I imagine that means Donald Trump. NPR's Bobby Allen. We appreciate your reporting on this, Bobby. Thanks. Thanks, Rachel. I'm just a pothead, dude. Well, I might as well fucking tell you about him now. Duh. <laughs> it's uh, it's Pot V Life Dispensary. They have uh, flour. They have vapes. They have fucking moon rocks. They have edibles. What's, what's better than chocolate? Chocolate that gets you high. <laughs> Did I, did I say they have moon rocks? They have fucking moon rocks. I've never had a fucking moon rock. I'm going to get one. Ah, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. Go to pot, v as in Victor, life, dot us. Go check them out. You're going to fucking love it. I promise you. Pot V Life Dispensaries at pot v life dot us. Fuck yeah. Tell them the gesture sent you. And that is the UFC. For the day of the deuces, it's the day of the deuces. It is deuce, 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 deuce. Ha <laughs> ha! Fuck yeah! Goodness gracious! What a fucking joke these fucking mother. 
bastards are, man. Crazy ass bastards. And they just keep on going on about this Russia and Ukraine. Today was day number 24 that they've been talking about. That's what? Seven weeks? No, it's not seven weeks. You <laughs> dumbass. <laughs> it's, it's pretty goddamn close to seven weeks, though. It's probably more like four or five weeks. I don't know. I don't want to do the fucking math. My head hurts. I'm going through. I can't do it. I can't do it. Oh, but fucking Russia and Ukraine. Let's see if we can't uh, do a little bit of expanding on what they they reported. Now, they started out, Putin invades Ukraine. No, he didn't invade Ukraine. He moved some tanks to some pro-Russian parts of Ukraine, which are independent of a Ukraine, or so he... He's got the power, I guess, to de- de- to say that because everybody else is agreeing with him. That they're independent and pro-Russia. So why would they have a problem with it? And then they say, well, the Ukrainian, Ukrainian people have more to fear now. They never feared anything to begin with. They're just... The NPR is telling you that they are afraid and they're worried, concerned. But they're not. They've said so. I've heard them say these fucking words themselves. They're not concerned. They're not afraid. They're not worried. They, Because it's just what they've been living with for their entire fucking life. And plus, Putin doesn't have the want. The people don't want to go to fucking war. People don't want to send their kids off to die. So it's a ridiculous concept that illegitimate Joe Biden has been fucking thrown into the world goddamn stage now if they (laughs) see that's the thing if they didn't want you to if they wanted you to forget about it they would they would have stopped talking about a long time ago because they still haven't mentioned uh hillary clinton and her spying her treasonous acts they're not going to mention that um where was i going yeah so if they wanted you to forget about they'd stop talking about but no they want you to remember that Joe Biden is doing this. Illegitimate Joe has stopped a war in Russia between Russia and Ukraine. No, he hasn't done a goddamn thing, but shit his goddamn pants. Fuck illegitimate Joe Biden, man. Excuse me, and fuck NATO. I want to mention that, remember we're going to get to 1,000 subscribers by June. So smash that subscribe button and share, man. Something, uh, see, this country, this world, we're, 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 we're in a flux. What's going on right now is going to be cut short when the, the solar flares hit the earth and knock out the goddamn, the MP knocks out the, uh, the entire fucking grid of the entire fucking planet, kills every goddamn mechanical device that we have. And what happens when you run out of shit and the machines that make the other the new shit don't work either? That means you're you're fucked. I mean, it's gonna be a while. I'm I'm kind of looking forward to it. See what the world becomes after that. Oh man, what are you gonna do? We're gonna fucking sit and watch and hopefully not fall the fuck apart, man. Fuck yeah. And the last story. That because I only had two stories today was uh, Truth Social, the the Donald Trump uh, social media site, 
And of course they tried to besmirch it and do all this and say negative shit about it. But hell, fuck, I'm I'm down for that shit. And if it, I'm hoping it, it would be awesome if it overtakes Twitter. But like I'm, they they hit on the note that I was afraid of. That it's gonna be like an echo chamber. Only a certain type of person is gonna go on there, and they're just gonna keep on you know rebuilding or in just. An echo chamber. It's just going to keep on saying the same shit. And then people are going to start believing, smelling their own shit and thinking it's roses. I don't know if that came out right. But you need to have dissenting voices. You need to have arguments. You need to, to get to the best spot in life. You need to be able to be contradicted and have better points made. You need to have differences. That's how people grow. Absolutely. Now it's time we check in with Mr. Ben Ben Davidson for space weather. Let's see what space weather is going to be for the day of the deuces. Shall we? Fuck yeah. Good morning, Mr. Ben. Good morning, folks. A lot of twos in that day today, eh? Well, we've got two stories on Nova Science, two big quakes, two recurrence levels for solar flares and MIT, too late on exoplanet science. We're starting with our star at spaceweathernews.com, and we find the last 24 hours on the sun relatively quiet. Minor motions to filaments and coronal arcs on the north, no big flares or CMEs. But we are re-entering a geomagnetic storm condition this morning, as the solar wind speed sustained its elevated conditions and even amplified a bit overnight. Minor solar storm should fade away today. Two bigger quakes, starting with the set of blood echoes, all on the screen here struck deep, even the big one, and a 6.3 south of New Zealand, near the Antarctic coast. Let's start the articles with an appetizer of nachos. The nachos instrument is designed to catch sulfur emission from the ground during pre-volcanic seismic activity, in hopes of predicting a major volcano for the first time. Up next, MIT, a day too late as we just learned yesterday that this metal rain concept on exoplanets may be a goose chase. It's okay. They do this with studies of Earth's magnetic field as well. Pretty much a confirmation here of previous solar flare recurrence schemes. These are globally on the star rather than Earth-facing, with Carrington and Halloween-level recurrences at a century in about 30 years. Of course, on average... Every other one would hit us, so that's where the 150 to 200 year Carrington recurrence on Earth comes from. Up next, it's almost an inside joke for a veteran observer at this point, or at least anyone who has seen our disaster documentary. I am doubly astounded, first, at how much detail they're able to squeeze out of these observations, and second, how much they still don't know NOVA events. It's extra juicy when they're confounded by the pre-NOVA stellar and environmental conditions. Lastly, folks, so many got excited, and I really can't blame you. They make it seem like there's a star that the world is watching and expecting to go boom. There's not. This is a puff piece about a neutrino detector, and while there are stars of interest across the galaxy, there is absolutely no star in particular that they're talking about here, just sort of a we-are-ready-when-it-happens sort of thing and a letdown in the article title. But we greatly appreciate your support. Check our playlist on the channel if you haven't seen them. We've got wind maps and shots of our star to close. Subscribe, and we'll do this all again tomorrow. Right here, but right now, it's 4.30 a.m. in the new Valley of the Sun. Eyes open. No fear. Be safe, everyone. 
Absolutely. Excellent show, Mr. Ben. Excellent show. Good shit. Remember to subscribe to Suspicious Observers on YouTube. Get full impact of his videos and stay up to date as to what's popping off cosmologically. Quote of the day. Oh, yeah. Confucius say, he who wear mask alone in car, also wear condom alone in bed. <laughs> oh shit, I don't even need to explain that, y'all get that. Ain't that some good shit. <laughs> so let's, let's ramp up, let's get the words out there, and let's spread the gesture revolution, baby. If you ain't laughing, you ain't living. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, be a better version of yourself. Smoke the weed every day and just make shit happen.